Hello, I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another season of Believing Bigger Podcast. You guys are in for a treat. These next three episodes are going to be pod classes. So that means that I get to talk to you and you get to talk to me. And we're going to be trying to do some fancy stuff in these next couple of episodes where we get people who are dialed in virtually to be able to respond to some of the content that we're delivering here. And today's episode in season five, or episode 13, is called Preparing the Way. Our guiding thought for this episode is Mark chapter one, two through three, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And to that end, our episode today is about preparing the way. This is what we're going to be talking about. Number one, the opening act. Believe it or not, every brand, every business that is going to be public needs a hype man. Number two, announcing versus launching. What is the difference? And number three, the main event. What are you building anticipation for? So let's get right into it. The opening act. Jesus had a cousin. His name was John. Okay. So you know him as John the Baptist, as in, in the Gospels, the book of John. John was a prophet and his mission was to be Jesus hype man. It was John's job to prepare people for Jesus arrival and his kingdom. Because remember, up to this point, a lot of the Jews were still thinking that the law of Moses was the rule of the day and that you had to get salvation through following rules. And some other people believe that just because they were Jewish, that they were automatically going to heaven. They're like, look, I ain't got to do nothing. I'm Jewish. I'm good. Okay. And so John was coming with a radical new message and it was his job to prepare people for Jesus ministry. And so John's message was this repent. Okay. Basically said, get your life and turn back to God. Stop your idolatry. Stop your foolish ways. Stop your sins and turn back to God. The second part of his message was the Messiah is coming. Salvation is on the way. Because remember, at this time, before Jesus came, your way to salvation was you had to go through a high priest to get your sins forgiven. You had to make sacrifices and you had to give all these offerings on the altar, whether they were animal sacrifices or food sacrifices. And it was just so much. And John's message was all of that is about to be done away with salvation is coming through the Messiah. And he also said that judgment is coming. So if you look in Matthew 3, 11, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize in water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He basically said, I ain't even worthy to touch his sandal straps. He shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And so in other words, not only is Jesus coming, not only is the Messiah coming, but he's coming and he is coming with judgment, with fire. Okay. And this was the message that was very radical for that time. But John, John was the forerunner for Jesus ministry. And his basic, op, his basic job was to do this. It was to prepare the crowd. And so what this means for you is when you are getting ready to launch something, you have to build in the time to warm up the crowd. Every brand needs a hype man or something, some entity that functions as the hype man. And this is the hype man's job. You have to get the audience attention. How many of you have gone to a concert 
You go to see a headliner, but does the headliner hit the stage first? No, the headliner does not hit the stage first. They either send the DJ out there or they send some designated black. How's everybody doing? Shot town in the house. Make some noise. Why? Because when the headliner gets there, they don't want them to just be coming out to some cold room full of crickets like, okay. Okay. Even when paid money, when people have paid money, they can still act funky, you know, even though they've invested. So the hype man gets the audience's attention. The hype man gets the audience engaged. When I say Jesus, you say Christ, Jesus Christ, even though John wasn't doing this. Um, and then you have to build anticipation. So this is what John was doing. He was preaching this message and he was building anticipation and building momentum. And so when you are launching something, you have to build in the time to do that. Sometimes we just get so excited about the big event or the main event that we don't take the time to do this. And when you don't take the time to do this, you are disappointed with the results. And so John, in essence, was a part of Jesus's launch plan. Okay, I want to repeat that. John was a part of Jesus's launch plan. John planted the seed and then Jesus came along and watered it and gave the increase. John functioned as the marketing arm of Jesus' early ministry. How are people going to know who you are, what you do, what your message is, and what you stand for before you launch? That's so important. And so some of you right now, you're working on books, you're working on films, you're working on starting organizations, or you're starting non-for-profits. You have to build in this time and, and you're putting a lot of time, you're putting a lot of money, you're part, putting a lot of effort and resources into it. But I don't want you to get all the way to launch day and then crickets, which brings us to announcing versus launching. Here come the crickets. And I talk to this about my clients all the time. I said, listen, there is a difference between announcing something and launching something. So when you spend weeks and months, even years, building your platform and you're nitpicking every detail, stressing over everything that's not perfect, and then you finally find the courage to share it with the public. If you have not done the legwork that John did for Jesus, you are going to be launching to the crickets. And that is so devastating. I have been there. Okay, mama is speaking from experience. Okay, I have worked on some things in the booth in the back in the corner in the dark in my secret laboratory and i'm like man it's gonna be so dope man it's gonna be so hype man folks gonna be coming from far and wide crickets 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 and then you start wondering like well where did i go wrong or maybe this wasn't a good idea when you don't do that legwork it's not a launch when you don't do that legwork when you don't build in the john piece of it okay when you don't prepare the way it's not a launch it's basically an announcement and so your announcement pretty much looks like this. Hey, everybody, I know I've been off the scene for a minute, but I've been working on some things and I'm finally happy to share that I blah, 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 right? That I'm having this event or that I've been accepted into this program or that I want you guys to buy my book or that, you know, you, you make these announcements and you will get some likes. Yes, you will. You will get some congratulations. You will get some lookers and you will get some lurkers, but you will not have an audience. You will not have an audience. You will not have anticipation. 
you won't have any momentum you will not have any capital built up with your target market and your target audience so the launch does not begin when you're ready to share when you're ready to go public the launch begins six 12 months before you're ready to release it this is why movies have trailers this is why save the date cards exist this is why advent calendars exist you guys know what an advent calendar is a lot of black people we don't use advent calendars you know but it's basically a calendar that kind of counts down to christmas and every day on the calendar there's some new thing or some new um announcement that gets you closer and closer to the big holiday that's supposed to build up anticipation and excitement this is why countdowns exist okay it is a fact of business that people will invest in people that they know like and trust and so you have to use the six to 12 months to build that social capital, to create the buy-in, to create the anticipation. Because I'm telling you, when you don't do that, you don't get the results. And I'm not going to say that, you know, you're not going to get any results because there's always going to be that person that says, well, we came up with this on the Thursday and we launched it on a Friday and 17 people came, but 700 people could have came. You know, that's not a sustainable strategy. And I, and I don't want to take away from spontaneity, but I'm a college professor. Do you know how many times I've heard from students, but I do my best work under pressure? No, you don't. Nobody does their best work under pressure because when you're under pressure, you haven't built in the time to edit, okay? You are rushing and when you are rushing, you are not thinking critically and strategically and longitudinally about the work it is that you are doing. Hence, it's not going to be your best work. It might be decent, it might pass muster, but is it gonna be the best that you could possibly do? No, and if it's not gonna be the best you can possibly do and your name is gonna be on it, then why would you put it forward and not build in the time? Which brings us to the main event. So what is it that you are preparing people for? What is the end game, okay? Where are you leading your traffic? I cannot tell you how many clients, how many people I have spoken to over the years, ever since I've been coaching and, and I say, okay, well, what is the why? What is, what is, where are we going with this? I said, you know, you, you're doing all this work. Where are you going with this? What's the end game? I, I mean, I just want, I just want people to feel motivated. I just want people to feel empowered. Okay, sugar. Um, that's cool. <laughs> you know what? No shade. You can feel, people can feel motivated. People can feel empowered. But the thing is, there has to be some return on your investment because you don't spend this kind of time just for motivation and empowerment. I mean, because real talk, and this is no shade, real talk, if it's just about motivation and empowerment, I can send you a hundred links to YouTube. There's a ton of encouraging messages on YouTube. I can send you a ton of encouraging podcasts. Heck, you can send them my podcast if you want to encourage somebody and empower somebody. But as far as your brand is concerned, about as far as your credibility is concerned, as far as your brand reach is concerned, as far as audience growth is concerned, as far as getting people to invest like shareholders and stakeholders and corporations and businesses, what is the end game? Okay, what is the end game? Where are you leading your traffic? When Jesus began his ministry, he was very clear about the end goal. Repent and be baptized. Salvation through faith. Jesus was offering eternal life. What are you offering? What are you offering? Because if you're going to bring out the hype man, you know, is Brooklyn in the house and all of that. If you're going to do all of that work, 
And then, you know, you arrive on the scene with whatever your big idea is. What is the point? What is the point? Are you trying to build audience? Are you trying to get speaking engagements? Are you trying to get on Good Morning America? Are you trying to make money off of this thing? What is the end game and what are you offering? Too often we want a platform and we want a following and we want to throw brunches and we want to throw banquets, but to what end? And I'm not throwing shade on brunches and banquets. I like to eat. Matter of fact, when I came in here this afternoon, I came in eating, praise God. But you know, if you're going to do that, but to what end? Okay. Um, if you get 300 people in the room together and 300 people walk out of the door, I mean, which is a great accomplishment, you know, you have a huge event, it's a huge success, but it either a didn't make any money or B these people are not on your email list or C these people are not invested in some way in the organization, then what a, what a missed opportunity to have gotten all those people together and you didn't lead them anywhere. You know, it's like, it's like going to church and having church and everybody's like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God is good. Dun, 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 dun. And then you hear the tambourine clapping and folks are shouting and running and hallelujah. And then he says, praise the Lord, get a benediction. Now unto him who was able to keep us from stumbling, blah, blah, blah. I'll see you next Sunday. And you never extended the invitation to come to Christ. Please know that's the most important part of church. Okay. You know, yes, the choir is nice. And yes, the ushers are, are collecting gum and passing out fans and praise God for them. But if you don't extend an invitation for people to come into a relationship with Christ, then you have pretty much missed the whole point of church. And yes, it's there for worship, but our job as believers is to bring people in. Okay. It is to disciple people. Our role is to pull people out of the fire. And so if you have a whole big event and then you don't extend some sort of invitation for people to take action with you, that is a missed opportunity. If there is no purpose, if there is no goal, if there is no overarching vision, then it's basically just a friendly get together. And I'm not throwing shade on friendly get togethers, but you have to be very intentional. What are you preparing people for? So when the headliner finally hits the stage, he or she has to deliver. Okay. If you're going to have your hype man go out there and you're going to build up anticipation or you're going to put a trailer out there or some coming soons or some fancy videos, when, when the headliner finally hits the stage, whatever that is, whether that's you or some product, it has to deliver. What are you delivering to your audience? What is the value? In general, people are motivated by three different types of incentives. And if you want to know where I got this from, a behavioral economist actually out of Chicago, uh, read the book Freakonomics. I have taught it to my students many semesters. It's a very good read. But people are generally in, in, motivated by three types of incentives, social incentives, moral incentives, and financial incentives. So which of these motivations is fulfilled by your platform or your latest offering? Okay. So if you're offering some sort of social incentive, then maybe you're offering an opportunity for people to join a community. This is why, you know, a lot of times sororities and fraternities exist and why they're able to attract people in such large numbers, because there is a huge social incentive tied to it. Um, there's this show that I watched and actually it just wrapped up its season, but I watch Atlanta, um, on FX with Donald Glover, brilliant show, just a brilliant commentary about black culture. And there was this episode 
where quote unquote Drake was throwing a party. And so all these girls, you know, with their cute dresses and their New Year's attire had piled into this van because they was going to quote unquote party with Drake. And when they got to the house, you know, they like, well, where's Drake? Where's Drake? Where's Drake? Where's Drake? We about to be on. Where's Drake? Where's Drake? Because one of the girls that was in the van kept looking on social media and she kept seeing all these girls taking these pictures with Drake. So she's like, I got to get my Drake picture. Okay. I'm trying to make my ex jealous. I'm trying to make it seem like I'm on and I'm kicking it with Drake. So where's Drake? Come to find out. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for somebody. Come to find out. Drake was on tour off in Mexico somewhere. There were like cardboard cutouts of Drake. Real like life-size cardboard cutouts of Drake. And there were these girls that were, were charging $20, $30 to come and take a picture with the cardboard cutout. And they said, we guarantee you're going to get 10,000 followers within 24 hours or, or 48 hours. Social incentives. Social incentives. Okay, the things that people do to gain a following. So social incentives. And no, I'm not encouraging anybody to go and get cardboard cutouts of Drake so that you can, you know, charge people for that. I'm not saying that. Moral incentives, so moral incentives, things like volunteerism and philanthropy, you know, because they want to support a just cause or financial incentives, helping people make money or save money or meet some sort of financial goal like living debt free. But ultimately, what type of incentive are you using to try to engage people in what it is that you are doing? So I'm going to challenge you. It's 2018. You should real talk between now and 2021 you should know like where you're going okay do not be in a rush to put out shoddy work i tell my students all the time especially you know during the times where i give quizzes or tests i said i would rather be the last one right than the first one wrong because sometimes we just so in a hurry to just be done you know it's not a competition okay the bible says you know run your race with patience okay so don't be in a rush to put out shoddy work, especially if your name is on it, because we don't always get a second chance to make a first impression. There is no shame, people, in spending half a year planning and building a sound strategy. So in the first year, reverse engineer the process. Begin at the end and work backwards. God was a reverse engineer. God was a reverse engineer. How do I know this? Go read the Old Testament, because the Old Testament contains what? The New Testament. So if you read the Old Testament, you will see that God reverse engineered this from Genesis to Revelation. He reverse engineered. He said, okay, I know I'm going to create them. I know they're going to screw this up. I know they cannot follow all these rules. So I'm going to build in a situation where they will fail so that they will understand that they cannot make it. They cannot survive in this life or the next without me. I'm going to create codependency. And when they drop the ball and when all is lost and when they are despairing and on their way to hell because the wages of sin is death, I am going to send my son to die in their place and put into place a plan of salvation to bring them back to me. That is a reverse engineered process. If you and you know, they have these programs like read the Bible in a year. You really have to be diligent about it because if you miss one day, then you got to read like 10 chapters. But, you know, read the Bible, take your time. But you will see all throughout that God was absolutely a reverse engineer. So in year two of the three year plan, implement your John the Baptist strategy. Prepare the way. Get people hyped up. Get people engaged. Get people involved. Get your board of directors on board and things like that, because too often 
We try to go out there alone and then realize how much work is involved in being able to engage people in the work that we need to do. And then in year three, the main event with a specific end goal and an exit strategy. I want to stress this part. Year three, the main event, whatever you've been building up to with a specific end goal and an exit strategy. Do you know that when Jesus came in the, on the scene, Mary, baby boy, he came with an exit strategy. He knew exactly how long he was going to be here. He knew exactly what he was going to come to do. He said, okay, I'm going to come here. I'm going to live as a human. I'm going to experience all the things, you know, that they have experienced yet without sin. And then when I turn 30, I'm going to start this ministry. I'm going to recruit these disciples. And three years later, I'm out. Okay. So Jesus knew he would not be on earth forever. He launched his mini ministry with an exit strategy. And so we can take confidence in that, knowing and believing that whatever it is that we do, not only do we have to prepare the way, but keep in mind, you have to be will, ready from the beginning to move on to the next thing. We're not going to stay in the same cycle forever. Okay, you need to come into it already training your replacement, already training your successor, okay, so that you are able to move off the scene and do other things, okay? Jesus moved off the scene and now he has another job. Now he's an intercessor. Now he stands in the gap. He's the liaison between us and God and pleads our case, okay? That's what he does now. So he came here to do some work and then he moved on to a different job. So now it's my favorite part of pod class where I get to find out what your takeaways are. And I'm so excited about the guests today in pod class because they're all from out of town, okay? So they came from far and in the rain and in the cold because it's May and it's still cold in Chicago. And even though it wasn't last week, last week it was like 80 degrees, but such is life in Chicago. So what was your biggest takeaway? My takeaway from today's podcast is with social media. I constantly share positive information and encouraging messages on my social media, thinking that it will encourage people to want to find out what I'm doing and look further into what my organization does. But what I really realized from this podcast is that I should be sharing exactly what we have been doing, how we have been changing lives, giving the testimonies that I received from young men on how they felt like they weren't going to make it to 25. And now that they're, they're encouraged and they're looking forward to being 50 one day. And I should be sharing that information so people will get engaged in what I'm actually doing, not thinking, oh, well, she's so nice and uplifting well maybe she can help somebody i know to be that way and that's what my biggest takeaway was it's showing them exactly what they that we do not talking about other things this is so key because that's one of that's part of the advice that we get right you know that on social media your platform should give value to somebody and yes people do need an encouraging word but when you have an organization you know that changes lives nothing in in today's world is more powerful than story you know why the Shade Room has so many millions of followers? That's all they do is they share stories. Now, some of them are, you know, positive, encouraging. But for the most part, you know, they got the hot tea, right? Okay, you know, they're like the black TMZ. So people are still so engrossed in story. What's going on? What happened? What's this person's backstory? And so when you have a collection of stories that you can share via testimony, um, and black men thriving and things like that, you absolutely should be putting that out into the forefront. So believers, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways about preparing the way, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I will see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shante. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shante, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. 